Welcome to Forward Progress here on the Hammer Betting Network. Rob Pizzola joined by Eric Eager of Sumer Sports. And today we're going to talk about the 2023-24 NFL Coach of the Year betting market as we're starting to see lines more widely available now. Eric, I know you're at the, the Combine this week enjoying draft stuff, so we're pivoting a little bit here. But I wanted to have you on for this specific episode because I know you've done a lot of work on the Coach of the Year market in the past and specifically what goes into it, who are the most likely candidates to win year over year. So I'm looking at the odds on the board right now, and clearly there's been a shift in the market over the years where all these top coaches, guys that had like 14 wins last year, Andy Reid, Nick Sirianni, you find them at the bottom of the list. It's very hard for them to win coach of the year. The numbers at the top are teams that had like middling seasons last year, seven wins, eight wins, nine wins. And I think that's just like a product of how this award is changing. I think people, you know, the gen generally the voters are just looking for year over year success. Yeah. I mean, last year, actually, we had a little bit of a deviation from um, the, the, you know, last few years, which was we got a, we got a coach who didn't win 10 games, won it, but to your point, it's more about the Delta in that in that way with with Dable. You know that team was one of the worst teams in football in 2021. Uh, uh, they win nine games, and in fact, I think there was even this like sort of two tier part of it, right? So what was different from O'Connell, for example, who could have won it versus Dable? Well, Dable had the seven and two start, and then they have the the the, the difficulties, but then they beat kind of you know a couple teams late, so you kind of have two two bumps. Right. Sirianni was another one where, you know, they go over their win total, but it was really kind of they didn't have they had a really good start to the season. And then near the end of the regular season, it was kind of like they're just holding on a little bit backup quarterback, that kind of thing. So, you know, it, it deviated a little bit, but it was still a lot of the ingredients that go into winning coach of the year, which is, you know, you, you overcome a modest you know season win total. Um, you have a quarterback. I call them three war quarterbacks, which is like. You know, the guys like Baker Mayfield for Stefanski in 2020. Mayfield was good that year for him, but he's never going to be a four or five war player like a, like a Mahomes or like a, you know, Herbert or Burrow. Um, you know, Tannehill, when, when Vrabel won it last year, similar kind of, you know, stature. Jared Goff, when McVay won it in 2017. The only real one where we've seen historically where that quarterback has been kind of a superstar, kind of second contract is a no-brainer quarterback. Yeah, and that actually hasn't been the case is Lamar Jackson with with Baltimore in 2019. And that was such an, you know, kind of a um, a year where the Ravens were so good, you had to distribute credit both to the coach and to the quarterback. So looking at tier one for this year, Dan Campbell is currently the favorite, uh, pretty much consensus odds across the board of 11 to one. And I'll call tier one five coaches, which seem to be heavily grouped together, depending on the sports, which, which are Dan Campbell for the Lions. Matt Eberflus for the Bears, Frank Reich with the Panthers, Robert Sala with the Jets, and Sean Payton with the Denver Broncos. Personally, before even looking at the odds, I was trying to come up with my own set in, in terms of who do I think would be favored. I'm floored that Sean Payton is not the shortest odds on the board. When you consider the fact that the Broncos had five wins last season, the likelihood that they're going to outperform that is very high, in my opinion. Unless Russell Wilson is just completely cooked, it's possible. But who's going to get most of the credit for that? It's going to be the guy that they, you know, basically was out of the league, considered arguably one of the best five coaches in the history of the league. They bring him back in. I, I, I'm floored that he's not the favorite. And it's no disrespect to Dan Campbell, but the Lions won nine games this year. 
their their delta like in order for the Dan Campbell to win coach of the year they probably have to win the division with 12 or more wins next season and the likelihood of that happening in my opinion I mean it can obviously happen but uh, I think this is a little bit mixed up at the top of the leaderboard yeah and and you you wonder like we talked about this in the Super Bowl like how much juice is left to squeeze out of the orange for Dan Campbell right he already does all those the right things on fourth down uh clock management he's a little weak but you know how much more motivation can he do like I mean, I love the Lions this year. I know, you know, that was a good bet, you know, over. And I think even four to one to make the playoffs was a good bet, even though it didn't win. Um, But anybody that's going back in and who isn't joking, obviously it's fun to be like, oh, restore the roar. But anybody who's like seriously betting Detroit this year is kind of missing, right? Like you just don't know, like, you know, it's, there's the unforeseen stuff with Chicago. There's the, you know, what, what, what's Green Bay going to be? And obviously Minnesota was a 13 win team, even though, that wasn't a fundamental 13 wins. They're still not a team like to sort of just ignore, uh, you know, so it doesn't make a ton of sense. I also think like how much more can you get out of Jared Goff? Um, how much credit is going to be going to Ben Johnson, a guy who probably, I, I don't actually know exactly what the salaries are, but I would, I would put a decent amount on the fact that Ben Johnson might make as much or more than the head coach from a salary perspective. There are, there are other teams that are like that in the league, Dan Quinn uh, and Mike McCarthy as well. So like, it is a division of credit problem. Um, you know, usually you need to have one ingredient, which is good in Detroit, which is a quarterback that's not a superstar. So you divide some of that credit to that coach. But for them, and what you don't have in Denver, to your point, is dividing the credit further to an offensive coordinator. With 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 Sean Payton, it's going to be, look, you know, Russell Wilson's not go- good anymore. If he makes him good, what was the change? Oh, it's Sean Payton. Is there anybody else on that staff that gets any credit? No, right? Like Joe Lombardi is not a good offensive coordinator. We're not, you know, our, our view of him is not going to be one of a facilitator of great improvement. So we have that, right? Like, and, and all of those are in spades. And then, and this is where you have to, I think you really have to look at schedule. The AFC West plays the AFC East, which was a good, a good division with outcomes last year, as far as like Buffalo was good. And then the other three teams are right around seven to 10 wins, but do we really think that the Miami is going to be able to repeat? Or do we really think the Jets, like the Jets might be a disaster depending upon who their quarterback is. And then New England, like I don't, I see New England drawing dead this year. So you have that. And then you have the NFC, the aforementioned NFC North, which is going to be Detroit, uh, you know, Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago. I bet two of those teams are going to be bad, if not three. So you have kind of a nice, even though the AFC West is tough, the AFC West schedule is not particularly difficult. So totally agree on a lot of those points. For me, it's just surprising if, if you're going to put out odds for something like this. I think naturally a lot of people are just going to bet Sean Payton. Um, and I'm for that reason alone, I'm surprised that he comes in at 14 to 1 here because we've looked at this market in the past. It's not uncommon to see a coach like 8 to 1 going into the season as, mm-hmm. as, as the top favorite on the board. We don't see that this year. We got guys like D'Amico Ryans and Matt Eberflus 20 to 1, 13 to 1 respectively who are like, okay, these are three win teams last year. I get it. The the likelihood of improvement is high, but are these playoff teams? Probably not when, when we look at the roster and personnel there. So that kind of surprises me. I think what a lot of people are trying to do here though, is take deeper shots with news information. Where's Lamar Jackson's landing spot. So I've heard a lot of Arthur Smith 25 to one because Atlanta is a potential landing spot. But then that, does that become, okay, Atlanta gets to the playoffs on the back of Lamar Jackson, and he's more of an MVP candidate than Arthur Smith is a coach of the year candidate. Yeah, we do have the, we do have the Lamar Jackson winning 
MVP and the coach win coach of the year. And I do think the running game does influence that a little bit, but you're absolutely right. I mean, um, the, the, the bet on Arthur Smith is that there's more than one out, right? The one out is that Lamar comes in and he's amazing. And there's a lot of credit goes to that running game and all that, the, the great stuff. When you look, you know, my, my boss, Thomas Dimitrov, like he drafted all those offensive linemen and they weren't good until Thomas got fired. And you're like, Oh, you know, there's an, there's a Arthur Smith kind of component there. Um, so there's that, but there's also that division might just suck no matter what. And Atlanta could win it with quarterback, you know, Desmond Ritter there, right? Like, and, the, and that would be, if Ritter became like a, what, a four out of 10 quarterback, five out of 10 quarterback, and they won 11 games, then we're going to look at them and say, okay, that, that, but to your point, like the thing about the Giants that made it so interesting was a team like the Giants in a normal year for a conference like the NFC doesn't make the playoffs. They, they made the playoffs because the conference is incredibly weak. And, and, you know, that's how they were able to get in with that kind of, yeah, I, I would, I would not consider that to be kind of where you want to go in this year. Like if you, again, if you look at past years, the, the Titans, uh, that was a good, you know, that was a one seed in that conference. Uh, the 2020 Cleveland Browns, like it, Cleveland was not bad because their roster from two to 53 was bad. Uh, they were bad because the quarterback let them down. Um, 19, obviously Nagy in 2018, that's again, that Chicago team, from two to 53 was as good as any team in the NFL. So like you kind of look, have to look, I think at some, you know, rosters and say, are they, are they a pop-up quarterback season away from being a 10, 11 win team more so than like, Hey, if you actually put the quarterback on this team, he wins coach of the year, because as we said, the co the quarterback gets a fair amount of credit in, in, in these uh, equations. I'll tell you the, what the bet that stands out to me as more of a longer shot. You tell me whether or not you think I'm an idiot here. Matt LaFleur, 30 to 1 to win coach of the year. There's a, a few pieces of logic here, but they won eight, eight games last year. It was a very disappointing season. With Aaron Rodgers, there could totally be a bounce back to 11 to 12 wins where they win the division. There's also, though, the possibility there Aaron Rodgers gets traded. Jordan Love comes in. They maybe win nine or 10 games and are in a playoff spot next year. And I think in that case, the coach would absolutely be given the credit for turning that situation around. I kind of think Jordan Love is ready. I know that they've been saying that as an organization. It, you never know what you're going to get out of these quarterbacks where we haven't seen a whole lot of them play. But I think that there's, there's a lot of upside in LaFleur at, at that number at 30 to 1. Well, I think the biggest thing, like where the other part of, of evaluating teams from year to year is going back to your predictions and being like, where did we miss and were we just early? And I think with Green Bay, we all thought that defense, Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker in the first round, Devondre Campbell, Rasul Douglas coming off of really good years in 21. And, and, and then, you know, they might lose Adrian Amos, but they have one of the best defensive players in the league in Jair Alexander. Uh, Rashawn Gary he has an ACL, but he kind of had a midseason, so he might be back. Um, Preston Smith, yeah, they might, you know, might move on from him. But like the one other part is, the defense might actually be good. Like they've invested significant money and capital in that defense and it failed last year. But what the thing we know about defense is it oscillates from year to year. So even like if they get, you know, good play out of their defense and Jordan love to your point, again, very classic coach of the year quarterback where he's maybe worth two and a half, three wins above replacement, but not the truly brilliant there. And then you have a run game. You have, um, you know, uh, I think year two of Christian Watson should be enough. To, to be you know a, a plus player there for them offensively in the wide receiver position. I, I like that one a lot. So at the bottom of the board, we tend to see the coaches that had the best 
performance last year. Andy Reid, 50 to 1, longest shot on the board, 14 wins for the Chiefs last year. In that same bucket, you get Nick Sirianni, Sean McDermott, uh, Kevin O'Connell, because the Vikings won 13 games, Mike McCarthy, 12 games last year, and he's near the bottom as well. What's the path to one of these guys winning the coach? Is it even possible? Like, is it just undefeated season at that point? Or, I, I mean, there's got to be some other paths that involve a lot of other teams shitting the bed, essentially. But it, this is very different than previous years. Like, you typically would not see a coach like Andy Reid at 50 to 1. And I don't think that he's a good bet per se. But from previous markets, we'd see those, these coaches with the best teams going into the year in the 20 to 25 to 1 range. And we're seeing like a dynamic market shift this year. Yeah, we've seen it in other awards like Defensive Player of the Year where the guy actually has his better year the year before. Like Gilmore had a great year in 18, better year than did. Donald's like some of his best years weren't that way. I think for like O'Connell to me is the one where you could see it, a few things happen. A, their season win total is not going to be 10 or more, right? You're, I think, you know, the better is the NFL space is way too smart to hang something like 10 um, so you're looking at maybe nine and a half. You're also going to see maybe nine. You have you're going to see defections. They probably got to move from Thielen, Dalvin Cook, um, possibly Harrison Smith, possibly Daniel Hunter, possibly Zedaris Smith. So that rot like the narratives all offseason are going to be he has his work cut out for him, right? And you know so and Cousins is like the perfect coach of the year quarterback, right? He's a three three and a half WAR player. He's better than some of the other guys I've mentioned, but he's not elite. And so there's you have that. Um, Justin Jefferson's an amazing player. He can carry you, but you're not going to, you know, he's a wide receiver. So some of that credit is going to go on O'Connell. And frankly, O'Connell should have been a bigger, he should have had a bigger case to win it this year than he had. It was just sort of, everybody got, you know, fixated on the one score wins and how fluky it was. But the fact is, is he provided value over Mike Zimmer in that they were in more one score games because he was pretty good at some of the clock management and everything like that. Um, I think everybody's going to be all over Detroit. I think everybody's – I mean, they're 45-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl a year yeah. after being a 13-win team. That, to me, is the one. And then the, the other one is if they move on from Cousins, which is is a non-zero chance, and they get a quarterback like a Mariota, like a like that tier of guy, and they are competitive, and they win 10 games, then I he might be a shoe-in. I'll end on one coach, which I think is drawing a lot of attention, similarly to the team drawing a lot of attention going into the year, which is Frank Reich with the Carolina Panthers and the Panthers are everyone's sort of sleeper going into this season. Still don't know how the quarterback position is going to shake out. It's funny how things change because everybody wanted Frank Reich like done in Indianapolis. Oh, it's over. This experiment's done. As soon as it goes to Carolina, everyone's like got this positive attitude. Now I, I just always find that funny in the NFL, how we can just like quickly forget about, um, you know, the, the last performance of the team. I've always been a Reich fan. I have no problem with it, but 14 to one, I mean, I'm not sure with the uncertainty surrounding Carolina now. We don't know if they're going to draft a quarterback, if they're going to sign a veteran. Maybe people are just expecting them to kind of win that division or be a competitive team this year due to the nature of the rest of the division. And that's why Frank Reich is priced this way. But I feel like Carolina is getting maybe a little bit too much love now in the offseason. Yeah, it's interesting. Like you, you obviously don't want to have any hard and fast rules in betting, but I do think one where I think it's a good rule of thumb to th say don't bet on something to happen because all the other things stink. Like I, 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 you know, 
variance is variance is a big deal right and so you know we look at that south and we're like oh they're, they're a house i do like that i do like the panthers i think you know there are they're going to be overhyped i think because of teams like the jaguars and the lions last year that bet it betters hyped up preseason and and they ended up pulling through in, in many ways so team you know everybody's looking for that and the answer is sometimes that that team doesn't exist actually most years it's like that team you know you know or it, or it's somebody who isn't like doesn't have that sexy profile like the Bengals, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, I like Reich a lot in my internal coaching, you know, metrics, which, you know, if you look at sumersports.com, you know, we do have that uh, coaching article up there. Um, he was really good early in his Indianapolis career and it fell off. And I, does that fall off because he lost an edge? Does it fall off because of uh, other factors? But that was significant and it was something that, you know, uh, I didn't go unnoticed by me. Um, I'm inclined to like him, but the, the other part of the quarterback thing is if they trade up, you know, uh, into the top five, let's say that's going to come at a significant cost to the roster in 2023. And, you know, Reich has always been a coach where his general manager gave him a quarterback to win coach of the year that year. Um, and the move up into the top 10 to get Stroud or to get young or possibly, you know, somebody like that is going to come at the expense of winning this year. And I and I think people are going to, much like Fields, you know, much like uh, Wilson, much like all those top, like, five quarterbacks, like, it's probably year two before that guy really pays dividends for the coach. Yep, that's a really good point. Uh, it's Eric Eager, Sumer Sports. Check him out. Does a weekly podcast with Thomas Dimitrov, as he mentioned earlier, which I highly suggest everyone checks out if you did enjoy the content today make sure to smash that like button and subscribe to the forward progress channel we'll be getting into a lot more draft content as we approach draft season eric thank you very much for joining me today hey thanks for having me on this has been forward progress here on the hammer betting network